So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Pando IQ's programmatic recruitment advertising platform helps employers source talent faster and more efficiently than ever thanks to predictive algorithms, machine learning, and AI. Buzzword overdose alert. Yeah, Pando is on the cutting edge of programmatic while being deeply rooted in the recruitment industry. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end programmatic job advertising platform that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending to maximize the ROI on your recruitment spend. And their AI-enabled algorithms use over 48 job attributes and more than 200 billion historical job performance data points to predict the optimal job advertising campaign. The machine does all that shit. That shit sounds expensive. Think again, Cheeseman. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end job advertising solution that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending. Sold. How do I get started? Go to pandologic.com to request a demo and tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. Ooh, they have a chat bot too that we can talk to. Oh, kill me now. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, the British are coming. The British are coming. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Firing Squad. These are your favorite podcasters. I'm Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by Chad Sowash. And today we have a super special Firing Squad. The myth, the legend, the 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 envelope pushers, Carew from out of Manchester, <laughs> England, are here. You've seen their videos. You know them. You love them. You can't get enough. Gareth, Gareth Peterson, welcome to Firing Squad, my friend. Hi there, guys. Nice to finally meet you. Some sexy tunes right there. So for, for listeners real quick, Carew is the company that sent Chad and I a pair of bikini uh, underwear and uh, a condom. So I'll, I'll leave it to you now, Gareth, to describe who you are. And uh, we'll get to your company in a second. But tell us about you. About me. Right. Okay. Um, I'm Gareth Peterson. I'm a father of two, believe it or not. Uh, and I'm the managing director for a, a little known startup in uh, Manchester called Carew. 
Uh, we're a technology-based business, and uh, we essentially use a lot of data to match candidates to the right jobs. Excellent. Chad, tell him what he's won. Gareth, you lucky bastard. You will have two minutes to pitch Carew. At the end of two minutes, you will hear that bell. Then Joel and I will hit you with rapid Q and A. If your answers start to get boring, and they shouldn't get boring on this episode, kids, Joel's going to hit you with the crickets. That's your signal to tighten up your game. At the end of Q&A, you will receive either a big applause. That's right. You'll be able to buy all the black latex you want. <laughs> Golf clap. You're probably going to need uh, to keep that Carew branded toilet paper around and keep it in stock. Keep it in your pants. And then last but not least, the firing squad. This ain't the thing, Ouch. man. Yeah, you're going to have to jump on Facebook Marketplace, sell all that S&M gear <laughs> because you're going to need the cash, dude. In three, two, one, your two minutes starts. At Carew, we do things differently, as you're about to see. Firstly, thanks, Chad and Mr. Cheese, for having me and these two minutes to introduce our strategy. So this British chap wrote a rap that's probably crap, but it's our first podcast and we want to leave our stamp. This might be the best chance at a Chad and Cheese clap and not the sound of a gun hammer smacking a bullet on the ass. And obviously and selfishly, I'm trying to tact that attracts brands that want to match to relevant talent and chat. It's as simple as that. And in so doing puts Carew on the map, but wait, the current cartography isn't the sort of geography that professionals want to see. And through using Carew, you will see what these people expect from our delivery. They didn't want agencies. They wanted control and transparency, profile anonymity, because alas, LinkedIn shows everything and anyone can contact me. It even shows stuff not conducive to diverse teams and inclusivity. Finally, Job recommendations need to be a fit for me because relevancy is key. Then and only then should you notify me. To enable this, we use algorithms and technology. Not using job titles because they mean something different to everybody. You've seen it yourself. Type it into Indeed. Yeah, I look for marketing manager in their promoted post. Head of IT. I mean, fuck me, Indeed. Give them back their money, please. And last week, I told LinkedIn I was open to opportunities. First one I received was PA to an MD. Uh, no, read. That's not for me. So people said, focus on skills and experience, G. We listened, designed and delivered accordingly. We're not about volume. That's a false economy. You don't have time to manage all of those CVs. A ready-made shortlist is what you need with candidates prioritized accordingly. Is it perfect? No, it never will be. But that's just tech. We move fast and improve iteratively. And what you see now isn't a patch on what it's going to be. You want credibility? We've worked with Adidas, Gymshark, Disney and over 400 SMEs, the BBC. But we still consider this MVP. So thanks again, Chad and Cheese and the wider recruitment communities. You welcomed me and shared your expertise that helped shape our experience and technology. Now, if I've got this right, that's a two-minute delivery. And now it's time for me to drop the M-I-C. <laughs> and our listeners can learn more at? Karoo.co.uk. Not Karoo.com. Not Karoo.com. Yes. And, and don't forget that there's also a warning that we have to put out on the front end of this. If you're in the U.S., uh, you definitely want to listen to the podcast because it's going to be fucking entertaining. But the app is not available to you yet. Go ahead, Joel. Which is a strike. All right, dude. I always get to this first. Uh, tell me about the name. How'd you come up with it? And tie that in with you, you talked about your background, but not so much the fact that you're not from this industry. So I'm also curious about what drew you to the business. So name and the draw. The name, basically, it's just a mashup of kind of like Carew and or careers and the idea behind sort of Deliveroo. So it's we wanted to steer clear of using the word recruitment because what we found from our research is that generally speaking, the industry has a bit of a, a, a negative perception. 
So that's kind of where the name came from. In fact, actually, if you look us up on uh, the UK's company's house records, we were originally incorporated as Cheeky CV. So thank fuck somebody got rid of that, right? Um, <laughs> so, um, right, yeah. So actually, my background is, is just a bit weird, really, I suppose, a bit like our marketing. I've just got this sort of insatiable appetite for trying to understand problems and challenges and look at suboptimal experiences and then working with end users to design what that experience would look like in an ideal world and then understanding what technology we need in order to deliver that experience. So prior to uh, working at Karoo and within recruitment, I was at Manchester Airport Group looking at a variety of different experiences that we could we could implement using digital in the physical environment because, well, Manchester Airport's a really shit experience. Uh, and then prior to that, I was in retail. So the attraction of going into recruitment and doing something different is is pretty was pretty significant to me. So that's a big leap. I mean, everybody understands the experience sucks. It, it, it's shit, no matter where you go, for, for the most part. Uh, but to be able to make the leap into an industry that you have never been in before, there's a lot of learning to do. How long has Carew been around? Uh, Carew's probably, it was around about two years prior to my introduction. Okay. Um, and we've been, I've been here for three years and 10 months, and we've been live with the actual sort of beta through to live version of our product since uh, January the 12th, 2019. Okay. So who on the team actually has industry experience? Anyone? Uh, so we have a couple of uh, silent investors who are from the recruitment background, and we also have a couple of colleagues who are ex-recruiters as well. So they know the industry very, very well. Okay. So on the candidate side, who is your target market? What types of positions are being filled on Karoo? Uh, predominantly, we focus on uh, sales and marketing and uh, sort of technology and digital skill sets. So software engineers, uh, product, project managers, um, business analysts, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really just those sort of sales marketing. Imagine if you were to review like Hired.com's uh, target list. It's kind of not dissimilar to that. So we talk about developers getting into the tech roles aside from all the other roles. I mean, it's it, it, there's a different experience that's there. We see uh, the, the, the coding platforms that actually make you prove that you can do the job uh, to make it easier to, to jump into bigger titles, right? So instead of having a quote unquote match, matching algorithm, you have a, a proof of concept type of delivery and user experience. Why are you trying to be so broad right out of the gate? Well, we were even, to be fair, we were actually even broader than this originally um, when we were going after all head office functions. Um, but I think it's fair to say that we spread ourselves too thinly in the early days. Uh, and now what we've done is we've actually sort of honed in very, very specifically on these particular job functions. So one of the, the big challenges that most of our listeners will have is that they can't go to your site and actually test drive the app and see what it what it does and how it works. So I'm going to ask you a, a real challenging, uh, I'll give you a real a challenge in saying like, visualize the app through words. If I'm a job seeker, what what do I see? Uh, chat is a big uh, a component of your app, for example. And if I'm an employer, what's the experience there? Because our, our much of our audience can actually sort of test drive the technology. So for looking at it, there's two, two different experiences, really. So employees use the desktop-based uh, web experience, um, and they come in, um, they create a brand profile, which gives uh, some high-level information about the business, the culture, uh, the brand story. This is all sorts of stuff that candidates have asked us to curate on their behalf. So 
you know, when we did the research and dug into what was a brand story, uh, they really wanted to know who founded the business and, and where it was going and what, what the vision and the mission were, et cetera, et cetera. So everything that we ask for from employers is really defined by the other side of the marketplace, which is the candidates. Uh, so in terms of that experience, they quickly build a brand profile and then they can post as many jobs as they want. And when pro, uh, when posting those jobs, uh, they can uh, tag the relevant uh, skills and experience that are required of that job. So in the example of a software engineer, I may say, right, I am looking for a software engineer. This is the salary bracket. Here is uh, the uh, the skills required, front end, back end, full stack, and then into the particular software stack as well. Uh, then there's a variety of different features that you can use around hard coding things and applying filters. And on the candidate experience side, what we have to do is get people in as quickly as possible so they can see uh, relevance and we can add value quickly. So there's a few screens on after after downloading the app. We never ask for any personal information up front. We just want you to get in and start browsing the app. Uh, and then what we do is we, we sort of look at those uh, similar tags in terms of your skills and experience. Uh, and then you can go on to create a profile. So we'll show you some jobs and then you can create a profile if you choose to or add a CV. Uh, and then we can pick out additional skills and tools tags to improve the matching algorithm there as well. Is the app specifically for England? I mean, what is the footprint specifically? And talk about the growth plan, because it looks like you you got about two million pounds from Optimized Capital recently, and you're looking to raise five million pounds in the near future, I assume growth is part of that. So talk about that. Yeah, no problem. So I suppose one of the things I'm a big believer in is let's not recreate the wheel, right? So there's a lot of tech businesses that have grown rapidly um, and we can sort of take the best bits of how they've developed their business, their strategy and how they've uh, grown their businesses. So for example, our approach to design is not dissimilar to what you'd expect to hear from the likes of Brian Chesky at uh, Airbnb, right? Then I decided that we would stay regional because sticking regional would, would allow me and the team to get out and meet users and actually see them and, and converse with them face to face to understand their, their pain points around the particular user experience that we're designing, but also with their frustrations around the industry. And that was, you know, that, the, that idea sort of came from what I've seen Amazon do when they launch products, they launch locally to, to their head office. Uh, and I, I just think, I believe that speeds the, the process up. Plus, we've got a great test bed in, in Manchester for, you know, it's one of the fastest growing tech hubs outside of London, um, as well as Leeds just on our doorstep as well. Uh, strong, uh, large populations. So it made sense for us to stay regionally and really get this this uh, product working uh, really well in the region before we then sort of took the business national. So the yes, you're right. We would look to uh, potentially uh, fund externally. Um, for that set that amount of money, and then we would take the business pretty much national across the UK. Um, I, look, my ambition is clear. Like I have, I, I really want to help people improve their lives through their careers, right? Uh, and at the moment, what you see is is an app that looks very much like a, a job app or a more engaging experience. Or well, you can't see it, obviously, but um, more engaging experience like a job board. But this, the potential for this thing is is so much. F- bigger than what it currently is and we have some some seriously shit hot ideas for for where this goes and we've just started beta testing uh, the ability to post content um for employers which can then be tagged uh, and distributed to the relevant audiences as well so our plan really is manchester leads the northwest and then we kind of branch out into m25 which is the ring road around london uh, Cambridge, which is another large tech hub, and then we we move around the country in a nine in a nine to twelve month rollout plan. And beyond that, or is it just specifically you're going to stay in Europe or the UK? I think LinkedIn could do far better than what it does with the amount of data that it has. I mean, as you heard from my relatively crap rap a minute ago, I switched on uh, my search and I got PA to an MD. <laughs> it's 
nothing really sophisticated happening then. I just think that the the scope for awesome shit in recruitment is mind boggling and it's exciting. So I have no other ambition than, yeah, I would like to take this thing international. Uh, I only live once, right? And there's no rehearsals in this life. So um, let's live it big. So let's talk about the tech then. You, uh, the matching piece is something that you're hitting off very heavily. And yes, LinkedIn has shit tech when it comes to matching. So does Indeed. I mean, we're talking about the two biggest brands in our space and they have mediocre at best tech when it comes to matching. What makes your matching so much better? And you don't have as much information as Indeed or Indeed possibly or LinkedIn from the profiles. What makes your matching so much better working on less data? Building it around what people want to be matched on, first of all, mate. I mean, I think, uh-huh. you know, um, it re- it's, uh, the, the research taught me so much more than I could ever really, you know, I thought there was going to be all this this need for artificial intelligence. I mean, throw some more big tech buzzwords in there if you want, machine learning, blah, blah, blah. But actually, when you really boiled it down to when people said, you know, there were a few key things that came out of the research. First of all, I don't want recruitment agencies because LinkedIn is buzzing with them, right? That's their domain. That's their little beehive. Uh, I'm sick of being inundated by uh, messages from them. This is, you know, specific to certain skill sets. Um, but too many, too many approaches from uh, recruitment agencies and too many salespeople. Okay, cool. So then we would remove those from the community, right? And this is a community that's built around the professional for the professional. The second thing was make sure the jobs are relevant. Okay, cool. Now I need you to define what relevance actually means. Well, first of all, show me software engineering jobs. Don't show me product management jobs. Okay, cool. That's a simple hard filter, right? Now let's define that even further. What does, what does it actually mean? Do you want to be matched on your interests? Do you want to be matched on any sort of soft skills? No, first and foremost, if you want me to consider this job and then progress that, well, I need to make sure that I can do the job and I need to make sure it's, it's, it's a match for my skill set. Okay, cool. So let's look at what your your composition of skill sets are and get you to tag those. Brilliant, right? Well, then there's a set of tools that I'm used to using. So I'm not just a front-end developer or a full-stack developer. I'm actually skilled in these particular uh, areas like PHP, .NET, Java, et cetera, et cetera, right? So let's then look at those. But let's make sure that we weight heavily towards um, towards the skill sets and less so towards the tool sets. But if a, tool, a particular tool is a fundamental requirement of the job, then let's make sure that the, the, the employer can stipulate that and then that, that re-weights the algorithm. So we're, we're still early days, right, guys? But actually, when you start to just listen to what people want, you can already start to see the small sort of changes that we can make to improve the experience. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising? Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. 
Can can you import your profile from LinkedIn? No, I don't think they'd let us do that. Let's talk about let's talk about the the no staffing rule uh, because I remember back in the day when seventy five percent of Monster's revenue was staffing agencies and hot jobs at the time they blocked out staffing agencies and that is where I believe Monster actually won the battle and they they actually acquired hot jobs later on. Um, why did you go? Why did you decide to go to employers only and not allow? staffing to use your app knowing you could put limiters on it number one and so to ensure that you're not getting your database killed by staffing and recruiters but you are cutting off a huge amount of revenue right out of the gate it's what people wanted and i'm a firm believer that if you give people what you want and build a product around their needs then they'll end up loving you i mean from what i've been seeing uh, a lot of businesses are starting to build their into you know pre-COVID and even during COVID, a lot of businesses are building their internal recruitment function, and I think there's this the market certainly in the UK is wising up to the idea that well actually it could be cheaper for a scaling business just to Im- implement our own HR business. So we really just did listen and st- stayed true to the candidate side of the audience. And to be fair, the employers also wanted to remove the noise uh, of recruitment agencies too. Let's talk about marketing. Uh, If I had to say you have a secret sauce, it would be the marketing side. And to say that you push the envelope is probably putting it too conservatively. Talk about sort of the mindset of the marketing. Obviously, it's a cut through the clutter uh, strategy. And you talk about the the partners that you have, because it seems like you rely a lot on agencies that are really pushing this and talk about the the relationship you have with them and how they'll come into play as you continue to grow the company. Um, did they introduce sort of a risque strategy and you guys are implementing what they want to do? Or did they come in and say, hey, you guys are, are meatheads. You're, 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 you're beyond what's normal. We're going to really accentuate that. How did that relationship happen and, and what does it look like in the future? I mean, look, we started as every other tech business and we... <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, first of all, there's a lot of clutter, there's a lot of noise, and, and some sometimes people get a bit worried that investing in content to, to try and cut through the noise is going to be a waste of time uh, mm-hmm. because there is so much of it. But actually, that becomes a mountain of shit that you can stand up on and actually scream, right? You can get some good cut through. Um, we, you know, we started like every other business, which was let's go with this agency. Let's, you know, what, do you know what we'll do? We'll test a little bit of swearing just to be a bit edgy. And it was like, well, do you know what? This is bollocks because it doesn't work. Uh, you just look like, you know, your dad, your uncle dad trying to be cool. Um, and, and I thought, do you know what? This is our business and the people that work in this business are confident. And we're all a little bit cheeky and we're in a dry, boring industry. And a lot of it's, you know, it's, it's, it's full of corporate clutter and people hiding behind logos. And I just thought, you know what, I'm so proud of the team that we've put in place that they should be in front of the camera. And, you know, if, if the mantra is true that people buy from people, then, well, hopefully that's going to that's gonna benefit us because they'll get to meet our team. Um, yes, we work with uh, a couple of agencies. Um, the stuff that you're used to seeing on the creative side is Offended Marketing. Um, I, I knew the founder before he set up Offended, um, he was doing, uh, I, I wanted to test him. I'll do a lot of testing guys and I'll see what works. And if it doesn't work, we'll kill it fast. But he was testing some stuff on, on my own personal brand. And I just wanted to see whether or not there was getting better traction. Um, and what's really interesting about how they, how they work and their creative processes is it's really, they spend a lot of time with you to understand you and understand your background, uh, what makes you tick, what pisses you off, et cetera, et cetera. Right. 
Um, and I could just see that it was getting better. So I just, I just said to him, like, dude, you've got to take the brand. Like, you've got to take the brand. Just make sure that you don't get many lawsuits. And, um, you know, I want, I want people to know about Karoo, but I don't want them to just know about Karoo because that's easier. You can put a shitload of cash behind paid media budgets and put it in front of everybody. I want people to love Karoo. I want the following. Um, and I'd seen him do a talk at a recruitment event and I was just like me and him, me and him will get on. Don't get me wrong. You look at us. We're very different looking people, uh, very different backgrounds. I'm definitely the better looking. And, um, you know, it just, it works like, and the, and those guys are for me, they're, they're genius. So, you know, I gave him the brand and I think it's fair to say we've built up a, a pretty passionate following people. Even when people don't engage with our content, like they come back to me, like in a, in a conversation or an email, it's just like, I love what you're doing. Uh, and it's not for everybody. So for listeners, I, I want to highlight uh, that you should go check out the download our app for a BJ uh, campaign that you guys did. I thought that was particularly classy and effective. BJ standing for better job, of course. Uh, everyone Classic. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Do, so you talked a little bit about some people are going to be turned off by that, obviously. And you could argue that, hey, at some level, there are employers that aren't going to touch a company that sort of pushes the boundaries that much. Do you think it's a, a hindrance to scale or do you believe it's it's actually uh, helped you grow? And is there a particular kind of company that's going to hire uh, a marketing a, you know, marketing strategy like that? And are you okay with saying, look, for a lot of companies, we're not going to work for you and we're not going to be a fit and that's okay? Or does the marketing evolve into something a little more mainstream? That's a great couple of questions. I'm going to address the first one first. I think if you're a business trying to appeal to everybody, you're going to fail, right? And we're a small business and we've got to make the best use of a finite budget to cast on it wide and make sure that people know about us. And I think that's exactly what we're doing. It's very cost effective. It's not designed to be super high gloss, you know, stick me on the front of a magazine type of, st- type of stuff. It, it does well because it's entertainment, right? The best companies sort of entertain you. So if it turns you off, it is going to turn some people off. There are some people working for large corporates who who believe it's really odd i've had people approach me and say they contradict themselves in the same conversation they'll tell me that it's uh listen it's 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 genius and then they'll tell me but it's really silly to do that sort of stuff um and then you'll get people who say no we can't use you you're too disruptive yet you look at their digital marketing jobs and it says we're looking for a disruptive marketer i mean who do you think is going to be on my platform right Yeah, it turns, you know, we did a, a relatively a relatively provocative piece pre-Christmas where I wore some rather tight and ill-fitting uh, PVC and um, we, you know, acted out some uh, sex positions that we claimed was... Karma Recrutra, which is uh, just a take on Kama Sutra. So that was, uh, that was, yeah, let's just go ahead and put it out there. It was sexy. I, I watched it a few times. It was amazing. Yes, it is. It is crazy. You guys are, are are making noise on the marketing standpoint. Here's the thing that matters, though. How are you? How many downloads do you have? And what's your plan to be able to drive downloads for, from a candidate standpoint? Because as an employer, that's what I give a shit about. That number one. Then number two, are they the people that I want? What we do is we we take what people say, right? So what are real? What are audiences? When we do these user research sessions, right? We're not just testing product. We're listening to how they communicate about recruitment. And that then become that then you can then spin that because it becomes relatable. Spin's probably the wrong word, but you get where I'm coming from. If you're going to talk in a conversational manner, 
using terms that people often use to describe something, then you're going to relate to them. So we're going to continue. I mean, we've just put out our most uh, probably provocative uh, paid media campaign that I'll be happy to share with you guys. But what I've seen from the last six weeks of that media campaign going on is an absolute surge in the quality of candidates that we've had specifically in software development uh, and anything around e-commerce, SEO and PPC. Um, And that's because we've listened to that audience We've put it in a visual and in a way that's visual and we're talking their language. And from the businesses that we've had sign up, they, you know, they've been really happy with the quality. So that's, that's, that's the plan really from a how do we get candidates perspective. In terms of numbers, um, we've probably got around about 26,000 candidate profiles uh, just specific to our region at present. Uh, those emanate from probably anywhere in the region of about 100,000 100, installs. Um, that's over the course of probably about 12 month period. Uh, but we did take, um, you know, a, a four month sabbatical for the first, you know, from April, um, to, to, uh, look at the platform while, uh, the world was kind of figuring out where to go based on the pandemic. Let's talk about pricing and you guys have, I guess, sort of really drawn a line in the sand in terms of being really affordable. Um, it looks like you actually started as a free, uh, sort of a free service to employers, um, talk about your current pricing, sort of the flat-based, unlimited. I mean, it's, it, it feels like very uh, early two thousands pricing. Is that gonna is that gonna hold, or is that something that you guys are gonna maintain uh, throughout your your growth strategy? That's very much the plan. I didn't want um, pricing to be a barrier to entry. Uh, I wanted this to be affordable. I wanted varieties of different types of businesses using it and we want volume that's that's quite obvious to see right so i didn't want a barrier to the smaller businesses uh because this is clearly affordable to any of the of of the larger businesses but i didn't want a barrier to the smaller businesses because you know my my personal experience has been that you know i found myself as a better fit for a smaller business rather than a large corporate right and i just believe that a good technology business curates uh, the right information and displays it in the right manner that's digestible and engageable and, and, and hopefully fun. So we didn't want pricing to be a barrier. We haven't modeled any other, we've got various models, but our our growth is predicated on the on the model that you see before you right now. Um, and one of the reasons is that we, we're massively confident in delivering ROI against that. Uh, so, you know, if you look at your, your cost per hire, then you know we're we're pretty confident that you're going to get your money's worth out of crew very quickly, which then means that anything over and above is is really a bonus, um, which means that hey, next year I can come back and charge you guys more, right? And that's the bell, meaning that you get to face the firing squad, Gareth. Are you ready? Let's do this, Chad. It's time for tough love, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to say, I have to say that being targeted and, and, and not having the app available to the United States, to me, that's not a big thing because you are being disciplined and focused in how you want to grow, right? You have this, this growth that you want to monitor and you want to make sure that you are giving a great experience because that's what the under, underpinning of this is, right? A great experience, not just to candidates, but also to employers. Um, so I, I love that. The marketing stands out. And the question is, you know, can you afford it to be able to, to, to divide and conquer? I believe in this market, you can't afford not to do something like this, uh, to, to do the Kama Sutra S&M types of things. Those are brand builders for you guys. Yes. 
Uh, will people turn away from you? Yes. Guess what? Fuck them. They're not going to be a part of this experience and that's fine. This is this is a way that you get out there and you can actually reach out and pull people closer to you as opposed to, again, not, not really being a brand that anybody even knows or cares about. Now, the hardest part for me from a business standpoint and being in this business as long as I have is that you can't turn a blind eye to the amount of revenue that you're shutting out of the platform, knowing that staffing accounts for the lion's share spend on many platforms that are out there today. Now, that being said, it's a market differentiator, which I appreciate for job seekers and for employers. So, you know, it's mighty attractive to, to, to some, you know, to, to some extent. But my suggestion overall would be using the Indeed Trojan horse model and allowing staffing in with limitations to ensure spamming and the battering of your database doesn't happen. Use those dollars for marketing and to drive downloads. The thing is, it's nice that you're giving people what they want. The biggest question is, will they come and pay for it? That's the hardest piece overall. If you can get that, that's awesome, but it's going to be a hell of a long slog if you do it without staffing. That's why I think you guys have a great model, uh, a great idea, but overall, you're missing the biggest piece, and that's the, the, the perspective revenue opportunity, which is why, Gareth, you're getting a golf clap. All right, Gareth. Now it's my turn. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I love... British rock. Love it. And when I knew you were from Manchester, learned you're from Manchester, that that teed up a lot of rock sort of uh, nostalgia for me. So looking at from Joy Division to the Smiths to the Stone Roses to my favorite band Oasis. This is all I, puberty I, time, right? I felt I felt real yeah, I felt a real connection to you uh going forward. And and as you look at some of those bands, some of them remained fringe and some of them, you know, sort of made it big. Uh, you could say the Smiths and Oasis made it big, whereas the Stone Roses and Joy Division largely sort of stayed regional. So when I look at your business, I got to ask the question, does this remain sort of a regional phenomenon that that's popular within sort of the UK borders or European borders? Or is it something that really breaks out into the US and, and Asia and all parts of all parts of the world? And I tend to think that that you're not so much Monty Python to break through into a global global realm that you're going to be largely very successful regionally. I think that the the pushing the envelope, the fringe sort of marketing, the the disruption marketing that you're doing plays really well in a in a sort of small focused business. I think you're going to attract a lot of job seekers, but I, I don't know how many serious job seekers um, how many older job seekers. I, I don't know the breadth of which you're going to attract a ton of people. But for the people that you do attract, I think they're going to love you. I think they're going to talk about you. I think that with a, with a certain segment of the population, you're going to be very popular. And on the employer side, I think you're going to turn off a lot of employers. Um, I think that the number of Adidas's that you have, which I think is one of your bigger uh, advertisers, um, is is going to be pretty minimal. So do I think you're going to be the next Indeed? Do I think you're going to be the next Glassdoor? I don't. But do I think that you can be a very successful, focused sort of appeal to a, 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 you know, a smaller market, but still be very successful? I think you need to grade, uh, grade your company on that scale. Now, if you had told me 
hey, we want to be a really great regional sort of job uh, job resource and help companies here locally. I think my grade would have been different. The fact that you said we want to be bigger than Elvis, bigger than Jesus, that makes that makes the scale that I'm grading you on uh, much tougher. So whereas if you're a regional player, it would have been probably arousing applause because you want to rule the world uh, with sort of your fringe uh, strategies and marketing. I'm going to agree with Chad. It's a golf clap. If you tweak things a little bit, it, it could be arousing applause, but I think you're, you're going to be a, a taste that not everyone is, is, uh, is favorable to. I think it's tasty. <laughs> and with that, we, we out. out. Thank you. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.